You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. When you're a 415er, you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. And welcome into another episode of the 415ers here on Odyssey, brought to you by 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy with you, Evan Giddings, my co-host, so hear from him in a little bit. But right now we have a special guest to welcome on. It is Tyler Vasquez of the Kickoff in the Valley podcast dedicated to all things Arizona Cardinals. And of course, it's 49ers and Cardinals down in Mexico City. And Tyler, in fact, is in Mexico City as we record this right now. Tyler, first of all, thank you so much for taking out some time. Welcome to the 415ers. How is Mexico City treating you? Oh, uh, fantastic. I, I got to do some recon work down here. I don't know about, about three weeks ago. And, uh, it, it, each time it's better and better. So it's nice down here South of the border. Awesome. Awesome. Should be a really fun game on Monday. Again, it's Monday night football, 49ers and Cardinals, part of the NFL's international series down there in uh, Mexico city. Really looking forward to that game. It's a really important matchup for both teams. Uh, they're not sitting. Neither team is sitting first place in the uh, in the or in the division right now because the uh, Seattle Seahawks are the surprise of the NFL. But both teams coming off of really important wins. Uh, the Cardinals, of course, beat the Rams last week on the road in the battle of backup quarterbacks. I guess my first question for you is uh, the injury report because you were without Kyler Murray last week. Uh, I know uh, your quarterback, or pardon me, your tight end Zach Ertz is is now going to be out for a while as well. Just give us, uh, give us in San Francisco an update on the health and and who may or may not play for the Cardinals come Monday night. Yeah, the Cardinals aren't healthy at all. I mean, that's that's the problem offensively for us. I mean, for you guys, your defense, uh, one of the top defenses in the NFL, is going to be licking its chops, uh, much like I think Aaron Donald and the Rams were last Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I think the beauty was, and I think the number was like two point one. Uh, second release time for Colt McCoy on Sunday. Um, You know, he's going to have to do that again if he's the starter. And I think he might be because everything coming from Cliff Kingsbury, he he keeps everything to the vest a little bit. And so he, he said, well, we don't want Kyler to play unless he's, he's a hundred percent. We want him to be able to do everything that he's, that makes him special, be able to run the ball, be able to, you know, when a, when a play breaks down, be able to scramble and do what he does. Um, with that being said, that that leads me to believe that's coach speak for, well, Colt played really well, so there's no sense in rushing Kyler back. Let's just roll Colt out again. I believe if I remember right, Colt McCoy beat you guys last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, he he's had, you know, Colt, Colts look good when he's played for this team. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if you caught hard knocks yesterday, but, I mean, you could see the leadership coming from Colt McCoy. And when it comes to, like you said, injuries, I, I mean, that offensive line is is pretty 
pretty brutal at this point. I, I would hope you see DJ Humphreys back. I, I didn't get to see the injury report that came out. I saw one came out about an hour ago, but I didn't get a look at it because I've been traveling. Um, but uh, if, if he's healthy, that will at least help you on the bookends because you'll beat him and you'll have Humphreys back. But other than that, I mean, your, your guard center guard, no matter what, those guys aren't coming back. So you're playing with a bunch of backups in the interior offensive line. So that, that'll be interesting. The one positive note is Hollywood Brown did return to practice today and he looked good. I mean, I think he's going to play Monday. So wow. the, they did re- designate him to come back and uh, you know, he made a huge difference, but we've yet to see the Hopkins Rondell Moore uh, and Hollywood Brown kind of triple uh, three headed offense, right? Like we're waiting to see that those receivers because they're all three of them are special for their own ways. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the injury report right now that you're talking about uh, Buda Baker, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Humphreys, Byron Murphy all did not practice uh, on, on Thursday for Arizona. Uh, also, uh, Max Garcia, Marcus Golden, and then Colt McCoy and Kyler Murray, they were all limited in, yep. in practice. So those are so those those are some of the big names there. But on the flip side for the 49ers, I mean, their entire starting defensive line uh, didn't practice. For Nick Bosa, it was just a rest day and not a big deal. But our, uh, Eric Armstead did not practice. Anson Ebukam didn't practice. Javon Kinlaw's on IR. He's not even traveling with the team at the moment. So it could be maybe a, a battered offensive line against a battered defensive line. But We'd uh, appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, when the, when the Niners' defensive line is healthy, they're, they're tough to handle even for a healthy offensive line. But in relation to the quarterback, you mentioned – Colt McCoy, he's played well when he has gotten, you know, the opportunity for the Cardinals. How might the offense potentially look different if it is Kyler Murray or if it's Colt McCoy? What what different things do they bring and how might the Niners be challenged in different ways, depending on who's quarterbacking the Cardinals? Well, what we noticed on Sunday was Colt McCoy, you know, he'll play under center more than Kyler does. Kyler takes 80 to 90 percent of the snaps out of the shotgun. So you'll see Colt you know, he'll look for his reads right away as he gets up to that line and then he's getting the ball out quick. So that that's a real big difference because when Kyler gets it, he's surveying, hey, if something breaks down, I'm going to run for it. So it's a little bit longer uh, of a time of possession at that point uh, to get the ball out. So I think the offense moves quicker, surprisingly enough, with Colt McCoy back there just because he's trying to get it out quick because he also knows what's in front of him offensive line-wise. So... um I think they'll go to the run a lot as well for with Colt where they don't usually do that with Kyler Murray. I mean, there's, we, we like to see when the, when the Cardinals are successful, there's a good run pass balance, uh, which means they're getting James Conner involved, but they haven't done that this year. They've struggled on offense. Yeah. So I would believe that Kyler's not going to play just based on everything that, that cliff kind of says. So that tells me it's going to be Colt. So I would think you're going to have a more balanced called game. Maybe not as many screen plays. That's been the one thing. Everyone's calling him Cliff uh, Screensberry, as he calls about 100 when when Kyler's in the game. So uh, I would think if Colt's going, which is what I anticipate, they're going to be passing down the field, which if they pass down the field, it'll make it a very interesting game because that's what they haven't done this year. They've gone left to right and not north, you know, east and west, not north and south. So them going north, you know, north and south is going to, uh, create some problems for the Niners. If, if they were in the same game plan they had Sunday, I think we're in for a really good game Monday. So you mentioned the run game. Potentially that's more of a factor if it's Colt McCoy as yeah. the starting quarterback, you know, James Conner and and everyone else. I have to ask, because this is, you know, one of the, the fresher piece of, pieces of news. 
uh, the Eno Benjamin cut, you know, release. He was claimed by the Texans. He's he's obviously, you know, a backup running back going into the season. Had some success filling in and, and really did a good job when James Conner was down. What's the reasoning behind uh, the Cardinals cutting Eno Benjamin? What, what, what went into that decision? So I've kind of pieced together this from about four or five uh, beat writers that that have some sources and things like that. Um, when I piece everyone's story together, put a little puzzle together, uh, it basically sounds like Saturday night after their meetings before the Rams on Sunday, they called Eno and said, hey, you're not going to be that active in the game on Sunday, which ended up being the case. Uh, yeah. I want to say James Conner, I think he had 21 carries. Uh, Eno had one, uh, played one snap. And Keontae Ingram, the rookie that they drafted this year, got five snaps. So, I mean, you go from Eno being the lead dog while James Conner was out and doing really well. I mean, he averaged about five yards a carry when when James was out to now telling him, oh, James is back. You're not going to do anything. And uh, apparently the assistant coach told him this after their, their study session, and he wasn't happy about it. And then Sunday during the game, he doesn't get much run. And apparently he made it, he was pretty uh, vocal about being upset. And it's just one of those things when the team gets a big win that they need, it's probably their first complete game they've had all season. Uh, are you, are, do you want to be the guy that's pouting on the sidelines when your team just won? I, I mean, that's probably not the look that, that this team wants, right? When we look at Seattle Seahawks and their success, they're doing it all around being a team and not caring about that, that me, myself and I. And I think uh, the vibe that, that's coming out of the stories is that Eno had a very me, myself, I attitude in that situation. Um, now the thing is, if you've been watching HBO hard knocks, it wasn't on episode two. Uh, <laughs> but I did just see that the producer, he was on another podcast the other day uh, or last night after the show. And he said the Eno, everything, the, the shocking Eno situation as it unfolds, is going to be in episode three. Okay. So this upcoming Wednesday, you're going to get to see why Eno was released. We'll keep an eye out for that for sure. Uh Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? last forever the stanley cup final on abc and espn plus begins saturday you're kind of mentioning those those vibes one of the bigger stories around the cardinals this year at least watching from afar has kind of been you know cliff kingsbury and and kyler murray butting heads uh, you know play calling all that sort of thing from outside you know our, our listeners here in san francisco outside observers of the cardinals what has that relationship been like this year? What have been those pressure points and, and how are they getting through it as they try to turn their season around here as we're basically in the middle point of the year? Uh, I mean, this will make you guys happy just for the long-term future, but I don't see that getting any better. I mean, they are not, they're not meshing. They have a longstanding history. What, what I, what I kind of compare it to is uh, do you remember the catch me outside girl uh, oh, with course. Dr. Yeah. Phil, right? Um, <laughs> where she was kind of like bullying her mom. I yeah. kind of treat this as like a bad teenager um, fighting and kind of running over the parent. Mm-hmm. And, and in some ways for fans, it's like, Oh, then Kyler Murray, he's, he's terrible. I hate Kyler. He's, he's, you know, this is, you shouldn't treat someone like that. Yeah. But you also hired Cliff to be a leader of men too. And Cliff pretty much, I mean, I, the vibe I I get is that he single-handedly picked Kyler. I mean, you saw him in a, a Texas tech video saying if he was, 
if he had the choice, he would have picked Kyler Murray number one in the draft, and then he gets the job, and guess what? He picks Kyler Murray number one in the draft. So they have history, and you hired him. I mean, I, no one can convince me that this didn't happen. You hired Cliff Kingsbury knowing that you were at that point going to take Kyler Murray, and it was a package deal. So the fact that they're not meshing, I, I mean, this doesn't seem like it was something the past couple of years, but it does seem like maybe it was something, and now it's boiling over. And I, and I don't think it's going to get better. And, I, and honestly, what I think it comes down to, and here's the thing, it's no surprise to the ownership or the GM. All my people that I know within the organization have told me they they know Kyler is they would like Kyler to be a better leader, a better, you know, grown up, uh, more mature, a little bit more. It's no secret. But with the investment they made in Kyler Murray, it's at this point where if this continues and if this season doesn't get better, I mean, and starting with Monday, they need to win Monday to keep playoff hopes alive. If they don't keep this train rolling and at some point, like, yeah, they may win Monday with Colt McCoy, but they got to start winning with Kyler Murray again and getting this fixed. So if that doesn't happen, then I could see Cliff Kingsbury being fired at some point this year, probably at the end of the season. And my thought is they would bring someone in that they think can get the maturity out of Kyler Murray. Interesting. Interesting. Certainly something to keep an eye on as the season goes along. We're catching up with a Tyler Vasquez of Odyssey's kickoff in the Valley podcast dedicated to all things Arizona Cardinals ahead of the uh, Monday night game down in Mexico City between the Niners and the Cardinals. Tyler, a couple more questions here for you. We talked earlier about Zach Ertz, that injury, but potentially getting Hollywood Brown uh, back. What 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 does this offense look like without Zach Ertz? It's already been you know, relatively DeAndre Hopkins centric ever since he, his return from suspension. How do they, um, you know, spread the ball out a little bit, get it away from DeAndre Hopkins? That's certainly who the Niners will be focusing on. Obviously, the the Hollywood Brown injury factors in there. But how does uh, how does this offense maybe look a, a, a little bit more versatile considering they have they lose another weapon, but maybe they have another one coming back? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They haven't had the cornerstones of what this offense is supposed to be all season long. Hopkins had a six game suspension to start the year when he, he's a week before coming back and, and literally on the cusp of coming back, Hollywood Brown rolls his ankle and, and is now gone for four weeks. So, you know, when we look at this offense now and you look at Zach Ertz during that time of Holly of uh, Deandre Hopkins being out, Zach Ertz was a safety valve along with Hollywood Brown. They were the two favorite targets for Kyler Murray. So what I will say is, is when, Colt McCoy, and I, I want to speak in terms of, okay, who's probably playing Monday? If Colt McCoy is playing Monday, he spreads the ball a lot more. So, you know, he got A.J. Green involved, which we thought he was all but dead. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't think he was ever going to play a, a down in a Cardinals uniform again. Um, uh, so, you know, he, Colt McCoy got him involved. He had Rondell Moore involved. He had Hopkins involved. He was moving the ball around. Now, with Zach Ertz out, uh, the Cardinals did draft in the second round Trey McBride. He was the number one touted tight end in the draft. He's he's one of the most hyped tight ends, um, you know, him and Kyle Pitts in the last few years, right? Like those are the top two guys over the past few years when it comes to the tight end. We haven't seen much from Trey. We've, we've seen him more as like a blocker, which that's not his skill set. He's a pass catching tight end. So um, I'm excited, to be honest. I, I don't like to see a guy get hurt, especially a guy of Zach Ertz is not just – uh, caliber, but also just his, his, um, uh, just the person he is, right. He's Zach Ertz is a great guy. He's a leader. He's a guy you want on that field. So, but I am excited to see the Cardinals kind of force Trey McBride to be in that role. Um, because he's a guy that 
they want him to be kind of the Dallas Goddard to Zach Ertz how it was in Philly. They're they're seeing that Trey McBride is going to eventually take that job. So um, this offense is going to be – there's a lot, a lot of – like this offense, when you look at it right now, it's been bad. And it, it, I don't know if it's, it could be the coach, it could be the play, the quarterback, but whatever you want. It could be all the injuries. But at the end of the day, when you look at the the skilled players, the wide receivers, the running backs, like this offense is a top offense in the NFL – when it's clicking, it just hasn't been clicking yet. And so for the Niners sake, hopefully it doesn't start clicking again on Monday with, with Colt McCoy as quarterback. Yeah. Last question. And then I want to get uh, game predictions out of you. If you're mm-hmm. able to, um, this is a, a defense in the Cardinals who have really, really struggled to stop opposing tight ends. It's, I think the worst in the NFL in, in regards to, to stopping opposing tight ends, George Kittle's kind of had a hot and cold season. A lot of Niner fans here clamoring, get the ball to George Kittle more, get the ball to George Kittle more, and it seemingly hasn't happened. Uh, what's the issue there with the Cardinals' defense specifically around those tight ends, and, and could this maybe be a game where we see George Kittle maybe uh, ha- have a the game of the season so far for him? Yeah, you got him in fantasy. Load him up because uh, the Cardinals, <laughs> for the better part of the past few years, have not been able to stop tight ends. They drafted Isaiah Simmons to solve that problem. Well, it hasn't been solved. So Isaiah Simmons has been playing great week after week, but the tight end's still getting theirs. Higby had a great day on Sunday. Uh, I'm trying to think who, uh, uh, when we played the Saints, uh, what's his name? John Johnson, I think it is. He had a day. Um, I I mean, you name the tight end and and they're pretty successful uh, going against the Cardinals. So this will be a get right game for Kittle as long as Garoppolo can, can... listen, I, I said it on our preview show when we started the season. I said, one, Garoppolo will be the quarterback by the time the Cardinals play the Niners. Mm. I didn't know uh, it was because Trey Lance would get – I did say it could be. I said, with how much he runs, he'll probably get hurt or yeah. they'll just – you know, they'll do what they did last year. They'll turn to Garoppolo to get some wins. And um, uh, But ultimately, I, you guys have been a little different to me, like in the sense of I expected Garoppolo to have more success with Debo Samuel, Ayuk, uh, and Kittle. Like I was thinking there'd be some more touchdowns, things like that, adding McCaffrey – um obviously it seems like you guys have been better since Addie McCaffrey uh still moving the ball but Garoppolo hasn't had that touchdown success right and so this secondary's played pretty well so as long as Byron Murphy plays Marco Wilson's totally stepped up uh Hamilton's played better so I I would think um it's going to be an interesting game Sunday or Monday when it comes to uh our defense who's who's really outperformed what we expected uh, against this offense, which I would kind of say is struggling to a degree. Like they're a good offense, but they're not what I was. I was expecting this to be a pretty top offense of the NFL. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know how you feel about it. but Well, yeah, they're, they're moving the ball well, but they're struggling in the red zone for yeah. sure. Um, all right. This is a Tyler Vasquez of the of Odyssey's kickoff in the Valley podcast covering all things Arizona Cardinals. Again, we're getting ready for Monday night football in Mexico City between the Niners and the Cardinals. Last thing, Tyler, we really appreciate your time. Let's get some game predictions. As we record this right now, San Francisco are eight-point favorites. The over-under set at 43-and-a-half. Not asking you to make picks there against the spread or on the total. But, you know, who do you think wins this game? For me, I think the Niners come out on top, but it is a one-possession game. I'll go 27-20 49ers over the Cardinals in Mexico City. What say you? Um, Matt Prater's back. So we're not missing any extra points. Uh, I'm going to say, you know, I can't pick against the Cardinals. Um, but I should, I mean, uh, listen, I think Colt McCoy playing gives us a real shot. And so I'll go 27, 21, uh, just to, I don't know, 
shake it up a little bit. Why not? But Cardinals. All right. 27-21 Cardinals. We'll see. It should be a really fun Monday night football game in Mexico City. Tyler Vasquez, really appreciate your time and uh, enjoy it down there in Mexico City. We'll have to catch up again and and ask you what the environment was like down there because I'm sure it's going to be insane. That's right. Viva. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Tyler. Thanks, Mark.